2: Your resource for health and wellness is Wellness Radio 1570, 1570, KDIZ Golden Valley, a a service of Salem Media Group.
1: With SRN News, I'm Rich Thomason in Washington. Russia ordering the expulsion of more Western diplomats after Western countries, including the U.S., expelled Russians over the poisoning of an ex-spy, in England.
0: Russia said it is prepared to retaliate uh, and it keeps the same line officially that there is no concisive and definitive proof that it was Russia, it was Moscow behind uh, the poisoning of Sergei Skripal and his daughter. Kremlin spokesman continues the line that Russia is still open to dialogue, that it's still not too late to reverse the decisions, but he maintains Russia is not behind the poisoning and there is no proof that
3: it ever was.
1: That's BBC's Oleg Boldarev in Moscow. Deadly rioting along the Gaza border with Israel. Gaza health officials say five Palestinians have been killed by Israeli soldiers. This is SRN News.
2: April is Stress Awareness Month. There are many ways to minimize stress, such as maintaining a healthy lifestyle and purposefully dedicating time to relaxation. If left unchecked, stress can be deadly. In fact, stress is often referred to as the silent killer, because although its effects are not immediately apparent, it can lead to a number of serious health problems, such as high blood pressure and heart disease. This Wellness Spotlight is brought to you by Wellness Radio 1570.
4: Like It Matters Radio with Mr. Black is coming up next. Of course, you can learn about Leadership Awakening coming to the Twin Cities. Just go to our website, TwinCitiesWellnessRadio.com. You can click on the Like It Matters link and get all the details on the show and upcoming events and things like that. Your forecast on this Good Friday, clouds, some rain showers, maybe some snow showers, 42 for the high, rain and snow possible tonight with a low near 27. Into Saturday, then bluster conditions in 31, Easter Sunday, sun in 35. It is that time of season. We are once again bringing you the Business Benefactor Program. I'm Lee Michaels along with our General Manager, Nick Anderson. Glad to have you here, Nick. Glad
1: to be here. You know, I love this program, and I love when we work with a local uh, organization. And here's a local organization started by Dennis and Megan Doyle called Matter, a nonprofit on a mission to expand access to health next door and around the world. Yeah, they help bring used medical equipment. They also do food
4: farm equipment to help really people become sustainable. It's a great organization based here in the Twin Cities, which has an impact not only here, but around the world.
1: And what a way to take advantage of what they're doing and help support them by taking advantage of this business benefactor program. So what it is, it's a $1,500 donation. Don't give that donation to us. The donation actually goes to matter. But as a thank you, we're going to give you 40 commercials. These can be 30s, they can be 60s as a thank you for your donation to matter and they're going to be able to run on this radio. Yep, and we're going to help you write those, produce those, get them all done. You can use them for your
4: business, for your church or your school, your nonprofit. You can do the double blessing that we talk about. We where you love
1: the double blessing, Lee. Pass those commercials along. Yeah. So, what the double blessing is, is give the donation a matter. And if you don't have a business or you don't have an organization that you necessarily work for, donate those 40 commercials to an organization you do work with. It's a great opportunity. A lot of
4: people have done that. But here's how you take advantage of it you have to call the business benefactor hotline, 651
1: 289 4444. You do have to call that. And Why? Because we want to make sure the donation gets to Matter, and that's a way that we can keep track of it. It's a way to start the process. So call the Business Benefactor Hotline, leave your name and number. We'll call you back. You can ask questions. We'll give you the answers, and then we'll make the donation to Matter. And as a thank you, you'll get the 40 commercials after that.
4: It's a great way to try radio. It's a great way to benefit a great local organization called Matter. 651-289-4444, 651-289-4444, 651-289-4444.
0: Chop Room in Minneapolis is giving you a $1,800 competition voucher for just $900. What better way to get over the winter slump and get ready for summer dinner parties than getting your cook on competition style at Chop Room. This unique experience allows you to bake your cake and eat it, too. It's the most fun you'll have with an apron on. And you'll be surprised with the end results. Mm. delicious. Plus, you don't need to be Gordon Ramsay. All cooking levels are welcome. The best part is this is one of our half-off deals. For $900, you'll receive a $1,800 voucher to Chop Room in Minneapolis. It includes a private event for up to 20 people in a cooking challenge, complete with all ingredients, tools, and judging. Perfect for team bonding, a bachelorette party, a graduation gift, and family reunions. To take advantage of this deal, call us at 651-405-8800.
1: The following program was pre-recorded, and the views expressed do not necessarily represent those of this station or its management.
4: Are you sick and tired of being sick and tired?
5: Your blessed radio host, your radio life caddy. Today on Like It Matters Radio, we're talking about how do you call them? How do you call them? Because ladies and gentlemen, it really doesn't matter what happens to us in life. What matters is how we explain it to ourselves. What matters is what is the narrative? You know, life happens to us one time and then we remind ourselves, we remember it, we recollect it, we store it as data. Uh, And then in our head, it plays over and over and over and over. And as I like to say, it really doesn't matter what happens to us in life. What matters is how we explain it to ourselves. What matters is the frame we put around it. It's kind of the story I once heard. There was this uh, umpire convention. And uh, it was late at night uh, at the end of uh, the event. And there was a whole bunch of... uh, uh, umpires sitting around having some drinks, and they probably drank a little too much, so they were pretty free-flowing with their words. And there was just three of them at this little table, and they started getting this deep conversation, you know, slurring the words a little bit. Uh, and the one empire, uh, umpire says, uh, you know, I'm the best umpire there ever was. You know why? Because I call them like I see them. Well, another umpire kind of chimes in, starts laughing. and you know, shaking his head. You, you know, you don't know what you're talking about. I'm the best umpire out there because I call them as they are. And then the third umpire looks at them both and shakes her head and goes, "You two have you have no idea what you're talking about." Let's be honest, he says, "They ain't nothing till I call them." And that's really what we have the ability to do. It, they really ain't nothing until we make them something. Our life, whether you look back and say positive, negative, resourceful, unresourceful, is nothing more than a frame. And the frame we put around anything gives it meaning. I remember the story I once heard called Broken Eggs and Shattered Glass, written by Keith Reddy. He said on a recent Saturday evening at around midnight, my wife and I were just about to turn out the light and go to sleep when we heard the sounds of a group of people talking in the street outside our home. Then out of the blue came two loud thuds above our bedroom window, followed by the noise of laughter and people running away down our street. We both jumped out of bed. I turned the external lights on and rushed outside, unsure of what had caused the two thuds or what damage I could expect to see. The silence of the night was broken by the distant sound of people laughing. And at that moment, I was of a mind to chase after them. However, running barefooted on the road in the dark, is not a very wise thing to do. I could hear dripping noises on the driveway and the floodlight above our garage helped me to identify just what had happened. Our home had been the victim of an egg bombing. Being faced with the prospect of cleaning up this sticky mess in the early hours of the morning was not a pleasing thought. On top of which, I was less than impressed that we had been singled out for this annoying prank. I decided that was too late to clean up the mess as it would disturb our neighbors, so it would have to wait till the morning. Early next morning, with a warm bucket of water and a scrubbing brush in my hand, and with the extension ladder placed on the front wall, I was now ready to wash off what was now too dry, yellowish, egg grit impregnated, one-meter-long patches above our front bedroom windows. My task was made even more challenging by the two large canvas awnings which protect our bedroom window from the heat and glare of the afternoon sun. My, with, uh, my annoyance with the late-night pranksters was again building to the level of the night before. After retracting each of the awnings, something we rarely do except when there, is, uh, or when there are very high winds, I then climbed the ladder to clean up the first patch of egg stain and then moved the ladder to clean the second patch. As I climbed the ladder for the second time, I noticed that the glass in a small window just under the roof line was very badly cracked. On closer inspection, the crack ran around over half of the outer edge of the window pane. As the awning protected the window, it was clear to me that the damage had not been caused by the egg bombing. As I carefully placed my hand on the glass, I discovered that the pane of glass was very loose. And had the window been closed with any force, it would have most likely shattered and the glass dropped to the driveway some seven meters below. Just a few meters away, we have a basketball ring. And on most days of the week, there are up to six young people who play in the immediate area, including both my sons. My thoughts immediately turned to what could have happened if the broken glass in the window had gone undetected for much longer and then suddenly shattered. The likelihood of my two sons and their friends being seriously injured was extremely high. After quickly washing the remaining egg stain off the front wall and with the help of Tom, my youngest son, I got to work with some heavy-duty masking tape and secured the cracked window as best as I could. Within 24 hours, the cracked window had been replaced and all was back to normal, except for the small bits of eggshell I kept finding on the front driveway and stuck to our garage doors. Over the next few days, I realized that had our home not been bombarded by those eggs late on that Saturday night, I may not have discovered the broken window pane before it shattered and came down all over the driveway. Even though it had been an annoyance at the time, the broken egg and the stains were cleaned up very quickly. However, the pain that could have been caused by the shattering of glass would never have gone away and would have haunted my wife and myself forever and a day. The cold shudder that ran down my spine when I first discovered the cracked window and the thought about the consequences of someone being seriously injured or even killed— made me realize just how lucky we had been. Frequently in life, the small things that happen to us may have a negative impact and cause some form of pain, sadness, discomfort, or even personal aggravation. It is often said that we should not sweat the small stuff and always look for the positive outcome or the silver lining in those dark clouds of the current circumstances, even though at the time that is not always the easiest thing to do. My personal experience with the egg bombing on that Saturday evening reminded me that in most cases there's always a flip side to everything that happens to us and that often the flip side can provide a positive outcome for an even greater benefit, if not now, then at some time in the future. From now on, whenever I see or break an egg, I will think of the egg bombing incident and say thank you to those late-night pranksters. Equally, I will always be reminded of Jean Paul Sartre's quote, What is important is not what happens to us, but how we respond to what happens to us. You know, there's a saying out there, ladies and gentlemen, all things work for the good for those who love God, who are called according to purpose. It's Romans 8, 28. And I want you to think about, ladies and gentlemen, we all have the power to reframe. We all put meaning on things just like the story of the umpires. I call them as they are. I call them like I see them. But let's be honest. They ain't anything till we make them something. They ain't anything till I call them. One of the things I like to study was transactional analysis with Dr. Eric Byrne. He says there's a stimulus and there's a response. The stimulus does not dictate the response. What happens after someone says something or does something, we immediately go to our three modalities, our three processing modes. We see something in our internal eye, we say something in our internal ear, and we feel something internally, either tactilely or emotionally. And then, based on that, we respond. That's why I always say, ladies and gentlemen, nobody responds to reality. What we respond to is our personal map of reality, and our map of reality is framed. It's framed with our belief systems. It's framed with our past. It's framed with our traumas, our dramas. Our beliefs in God, our beliefs in ourselves, our beliefs about who people are, uh, what life is. And whenever I talk about communication, I'm always talking two types. There's interpersonal and interpersonal. Most people work on the interpersonal communication, the way we act, react and act with another person. That's important. But I'm going to suggest to you right now that the way we talk to ourselves dictates the way we talk to other people. If you think you're a mistake, if you think you're a screw-up, if you think everything's your fault, then you're going to see them a little bit different. If you realize that you're under construction, if you know you can do better, if you're committed to be the best possible person, then you're going to look at constructive criticism a little bit different if you believe everybody hates you, nobody likes you, and everybody's against you. So today on Like It Matters Radio, we're talking about how do you call them. We'll be back in three minutes.
3: Training is available on an individual basis and company-wide, all at lakeitmatters.net.
6: We all want to lead healthier lives, and Natural Awakenings Magazine helps you do just that. As the greenest and healthiest magazine in the metro, Natural Awakenings brings you the latest information about health and wellness. You'll find articles on healthy homes as well, including gardening, energy efficiency, and green living. Check out our monthly calendar. It's full of events to keep you connected. Natural Awakenings is available in over 300 locations throughout the metro, and it's free. Visit us at naturaltwincities.com. Natural Awakenings. Feel good. Live simply. Laugh more more
4: the world of business and finance is constantly changing how are you keeping up with all the information most likely you're not checking websites writing emails making phone calls checking more websites and still not finding what you need to know but it has to be out there somewhere well it is Business 1440 is your on-air guide through the fast-paced business landscape. What you want to know, when you want to know it. Up to the minute business and financial news on Business 1440. Stream online at TwinCitiesBusinessRadio.com.
5: Welcome back to Like It Matters Radio. Radio, like it matters, inspiration, education, and application. I am your blessed radio host, your radio life caddy, Mr. Black. And please, if you do, still do Facebook. A lot of people don't do Facebook. Don't blame you. But, hey, we uh, would love for you to like us on Facebook. Just go to facebook.com slash L-I-M radio. Like us. We tell you what's on the radio show that day. We uh, share some great pictures we kind of keep you in the loop. And please, uh, if you're interested in transformational training, if you're listening to, if you're interested in doing more than just listening to Mr. Black on the hour, uh, on the radio for an hour a day and you want to apply what I'm teaching you, then go to likeitmatters.net. Let me help you learn how to, uh, to do what we teach on this radio show. You know, today we're talking about how do you call them? And the concept for the show came a a, a story I once heard. There was this umpire convention and there was these three umpires sitting there at the bar at night, had a few too many drinks, were getting kind of slosh-mouthed and uh, just uh, openly saying things that maybe they shouldn't be saying. And they started arguing about who was the, the best umpire. And the first guy speaks up, said, man, I, without a doubt, you know why? Because I call them like I see them. And then the second umpire shakes his head and just kind of pushes them aside. And, nah, I'm the best umpire. You know why? Because I call them as they are. And then the third umpire shakes his head laughing and says, you guys have no idea what you're talking about. He says, I'm without a doubt the best umpire. You know why? Because they ain't anything till I call them. You know, ladies and gentlemen, that made me think about our lives you know, these existential questions, who am I? Why am I here? What's my purpose? You know, they ain't nothing till you call them. No one responds to reality. What responders are map of reality? In other words, everybody's working perfect. I didn't say if there was any perfect people out there. There was only one perfect and he's not physically with us anymore. What I said is everybody is working perfectly. In other words, we're getting exactly the results we have programmed them to get. So think about this. An umpire, you can't challenge an umpire. When an umpire makes a call, it's the call. It's what it is. You know, I've uh, uh, officiated for some kids' programs, you know, basketball and all that. And, you know, we don't know what we're doing. You we got kids running around, double dribbling, carrying the ball, doing all this stuff. And we're still blowing the whistle. We're still calling penalties. We're still, you know, doing all this. And you know what? The parents argue and people look at us sometimes like crazy. We don't know much. But you know what? They ain't anything till I call them as that official. And even if those parents don't like it, even if I made the wrong call, guess what? They ain't nothing till I call them. And once I call them, they are. And that's why we are called to control our thinking. You know, we got to be aware of it. That's why I love the good book. You know Romans 12:20 uh, Romans 12:2. Uh, I do a Sunday uh Christian r- r- radio show called Like It Matters By The Book and where I take all this stuff that I teach uh and I scripturally break it down. Uh, and if you're interested in that it's every Sunday from 9:30 to 10 a.m. on AM 980 themission.com. AM 980 themission.com. Every Sunday from 9.30 to 10 a.m. for 30 minutes. And it's called Like It Matters by the Book. And the foundation for that radio show is Romans 12.2. The NIV says this, Do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and prove what God's will is, His good, pleasing, and perfect will. And I love the new, uh, New Living Translation, NLT version. It says, don't copy the behavior and customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. By changing the way you think. Then you will learn to know God's will for you, which is good and pleasing and perfect. You got to get this. We are called to transform. And the word transform is a verb. It's to change in form, appearance or structure, uh, structure, metamorphose. You know, when a caterpillar uh, becomes a moth or a butterfly, it is metamorphosed. You get it? It is transformed, which brings us to the second definition: to change in condition, nature or character to convert. We're called to be converted, to be born again, to become a brand new, to transform ourselves, to change into another substance, transmute. And man, some of the synonyms to alter, convert, mold, mutate, reconstruct, remodel, revamp, revolutionize, transfer, translate, commute, cook, uh, denature, doctor, metamorphose, renew, switch, transfigure. Don't you hear it? It's powerful. To transform our thinking is to take something and to mold it, if you will. To mold it, if you will. Kind of like a sculptor. Anybody know what I'm talking about? To sculpt something. To see what's inside it. What can you take it and make it? You know, there's this unlikely tale about a brilliant Renaissance artist, Michelangelo. He was asked about the difficulties that he must uh, have encountered in sculpting his masterpiece, David. But Michelangelo replied with an unassuming and comical description of his creative process. He says, it's easy. You just chip away the stone that doesn't look like David. And I've heard this story before, and I started looking into it, and I found lots of different comments like this. A comment of this type was published in 1858 in the, quote, the Methodist Quarterly Review, without any overt humor. The essay discussed poetry, and the author compared the methods of adroit sculptors and poets. Boldface has been added to make a point. I want to hit some words. It is the sculptor's power, so often alluded to, of finding the perfect form and feature of a goddess in the shapeless block of marble and his ability to chip off all extraneous matter. And he lets the divine excellence or she lets the divine excellence stand forth for itself. Thus, in every incident of business, in every aspect of life, the poet, the person, sees something divine and carefully scales off all that encumbers that divinity, that perfection, that desired outcome, and permits it to be revealed in all transcendent loneliness. And by 1879, I got this from the uh, the quote uh, um, investigator. Quote, investigator, says by 1879, a humorous version of the tale was in circulation. A weekly paper devoted to free religion called, quote, the index printed a short item under the tile, quote, the simplest thing in the world. The statement was ludicrously credited to the leading art critic, John Rushkin. An acknowledgement to a periodical in Paris, France was included. Quote, he says, that Venus, said a critic severely, is a pretty poor piece of work. It is very easy for you to say, says a friend of the artist, still a man has got to have some acquaintance with art before he can sculpt a statue like that. Quote, Oh, bosh, as Mr. Ruskin says, sculpture per se is the simplest thing in the world. All you have to do is take a big chunk of marble and a hammer and chisel. And make up your mind what you're about to create and chip off all the marble you don't want. I want you to get the metaphor, the analogy. That is really what our life is. We can't control what's thrown at us. We can't control certain things in life. But we can control how we respond to them. The old saying is life, you know, life deals you a deck of cards. You can't control the cards that life dealt you. But you can control how they're played. The picture of success shows a, a sailboat in choppy waters. There's a storm blown, there's you know five-foot waves, and it says success. You cannot control the wind, but you can adjust yourselves. And in eighteen eighty-eight, there was a comical version that had entered the domain of inspirational books of self-improvement. The volume called Masters of the Situation, or Some Secrets of Success and Power, included the remark. That you heard above. To reckon without it reminds one of the countryman's idea of sculpture. The simplest thing in the world. All you have to do is take a big chunk of marble and a hammer and a chisel, make up your mind what you're about to create, and then chip off all the marble you don't want. That is so powerful if you think about it. And that really is the powerfulness of what we can do with our lives. It does not matter what happens to us. We can transform that. Nobody responds to reality. We respond to our map of reality. We don't respond to what's going on. We respond to what we believe is going on. You got to get this. In my training, it's very intense. I have two days to change people's lives, and it's not easy. So I squeeze people. I use the number one fear in the world, public speaking, as a vehicle, as a battering ram. To push through other fears, both known and unknown. You know, fear of rejection, fear of embarrassment, low self-esteem, wanting to be liked. You know, we go through life and we carry our chains of pains from our past into other people's future. We remind ourselves of all our shortcomings, all our flaws. Everything we do or do not do is driven by a belief system. And we are the one that allows every single belief system. We are the one that structure every single belief system. We either do it through commission or we do it through omission. Some of our belief systems have been created through our experience, through laziness, through an easy way out. But some of our belief systems have also been created through our own omission, just unconsciously, without paying attention. We've taken on the world's belief system. We take on other people's belief systems, take on society's belief system. And why does that matter? Because everything we do or do not do is driven by a belief. And that's the frame that we look through our past. We look through our past. We look through our screw ups. We look through our successes. We look through our traumas and our dramas through this frame, through this filter called our past. That's why the story about the umpire is so powerful. And if you think about it, our life ain't anything till we call them, till we make them what we believe they are, and then we act as if. So today on Like It Matters Radio, we're talking about the power of framing on the topic being how do you call them. We'll be back in three minutes.
3: Did you know approximately 980 Minnesotans will be diagnosed with pancreatic cancer this year? Only 88 will live to see the year 2022.
2: Your child's education is one of the most important decisions you can make as a parent. Proverbs chapter 22, verse 6 says, Start children off on the way they should go, and even when they are old, they will not turn from it. A quality Christian education can make all the difference in your child's life. A Christian school typically provides smaller class sizes for your student to flourish. Smaller class sizes can allow for more one-on-one time, allowing for individual attention with each student to focus on their academic needs, helping your child succeed. Wellness Radio 1570 believes in the power of Christian education so much that we have partnered with private Christian schools in the Twin Cities to offer half off your child's first year at a brand new school. That's right, half off. Visit TwinCitiesTuitions.com to check out a full list of our partnering schools. See frequently asked questions about the program and learn more. We have a limited number of vouchers available, so the time is now to start planning for the upcoming year. Visit TwinCitiesTuitions.com. That's TwinCitiesTuitions.com.
5: Welcome back to Like It Matters Radio. Radio, like it matters, inspiration, education, and application. I am Mr. Black, your radio life caddy. And people always ask me, Black, why do you call yourself a life caddy? Well, that's easy. It's a powerful metaphor. if you think about the game of golf, a caddy allows you to uh, enjoy the game more. Why? Well, because he carries your bag. He drives you from, if he's driving the cart, from hole to hole. So it helps you, it lightens your load. That's what a good caddy does. A good caddy also knows the course. And so he gives you some input, some instructions, maybe some secrets, maybe some shortcuts, maybe some some information that you might not be readily available to you. And usually a caddy knows the game of golf and he knows how to swing goes, how to putt. And so a good uh, caddy can also uh, give you some input to help you do better. To give you some feedback that might increase your swing, that might increase your distance, that might take some pressure off you, that might be a word of encouragement. The overall role of the caddy is to help you be as successful as possible. And If you think about famous golfers out there, whatever their names are, Tiger Woods or Ells or, or Hogan or whoever, you know, Nicholas, you usually don't remember their caddy. Most people couldn't tell me who a famous golfer's caddy was, but you know who does remember the caddy? That golfer. And they know the impact they've made. They know the help they've given them. They appreciate their service. They appreciate their time. And they know that that caddy made that championship possible to a degree and allowed them to enjoy the process much, much more. And so that's why I'm a life caddy. And by the way, if you miss any of this radio program, you can always go to our website, like it, like it matters radio dot com, like matters radio dot com. You can listen to this message and all archive messages. We got about three to four months of messages on there, and you can listen to them at your own leisure. And by the way, we are a national radio show, international, I should say, and most people listen to us on iHeartRadio Radio or Tune In Radio. On iHeartRadio, all you got to do is uh, search Wellness Radio 1570. It's our connection to our Minneapolis uh, founding, our, 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 our radio station, AM1570, TwinCitiesWellnessRadio.com, out of Minneapolis. So we are connected to them through iHeart. So if you go to iHeart and search Wellness Radio 1570, Minneapolis, or whatever, uh, you'll be able to find us every Monday through Friday from 9 to 10 a.m. Central Standard Time, and then repeat it. 5 to 6 p.m. Central Standard Time. Uh, and we're also in the St. Louis local audience. We are 95.1 FM and 1260 AM, the St. Louis Gospel Experience. You can also now find us in Richmond, Virginia. We are on AM 1290 and FM 103.3. And in Virginia, we play every single night, Monday through Friday, from 6 to 7 p.m. And actually, our first class ever in Richmond, Virginia will be August 23rd through twenty fifth you want more information about that go ahead and give me a call at eight one seven five zero two one five five four you know ladies and gentlemen the good book I love the good book Genesis 1 1 the very first sentence in the entire Bible says in the beginning God created and I always tell people to stop right there because our first introduction to in God was as creator our first thing was he was a creator you know it's an old story about you know you had a uh, an attorney, uh, and you had a, uh, uh, an architect, you know, and they were sitting around and said, you know, uh, the, the, the biggest of the original, uh, vocation was, was being an attorney, you know, because, you know, basically you had to argue for everything in the old days. You had to argue for this. You had to argue for that. Uh, but the architect came back and said, no, in the beginning, God created at the very beginning, the very first thing we see God as an architect. He he's a creator. And ladies and gentlemen, why does that matter? Because if you drop down 24 verses and you go down to Genesis 1:26, it says, "Let us make man in our image." In other words, we were made in the God class. We were made to create. The law of attraction: to think is to create. Even the Bible says that. If you look at a woman with lust in your eyes, you've already committed adultery in your heart. The Bible says, "As a man thinketh in his heart, so is he." The Bible says, as a man thinketh, so he becomes. Don't you get it? Don't you hear it? To think is to create. We're supposed to focus only on those things that are good and pure. We're called to transform our thinking. It's not new age, it's not a secret, it's old age, it's biblical. We have to control the frame, the way we look at things. We can look at things as a blessing or a curse. And it could be the same exact thing. It's just the frame we put around it. You know, one of Ronald Reagan's favorite jokes, Ronald Reagan was uh, one of my favorite people on this planet. Uh, he was my inspiration for a long time. If I think of President of the United States, I think of Ronald Reagan. And uh, this is one of my favorite jokes he used to tell all the time. And I found out by reading uh, Ed Meese's book that this was his favorite joke. And he says there was this couple that had two children, and the parents were worried Now, the boys had developed extreme personalities. One was a total pessimist, the other a total optimist. Their parents took them to a psychiatrist to see what they could do to help them both. First, the psychiatrist treated the pessimist. Wanting to brighten his outlook, the psychiatrist took him to a room piled to the ceiling with brand new toys. But instead of yelping with delight, the little boy burst into tears. What's the matter? The psychiatrist asked, baffled said, don't you want to play with any of these toys? Yes, the little boy bawled. But if I do, I'd only break them. Next, the psychiatrist treated the optimist. Wanting to dampen his outlook, the psychiatrist took him to a room piled to the ceiling with horse manure. But instead of wrinkling his nose in disgust, the optimist emitted just the yelp of delight the psychiatrist had been hoping to hear from his brother, the pessimist. Then he clamored to the top of the pile, dropped to his knees and began gleefully digging out scoop after scoop with his bare hands. What do you think you're doing, the psychiatrist asked. just as baffled by the optimist as he had been by the pessimist. The young boy says, with all this manure, manure, there must be a pony in here somewhere. (laughs) With all this horse doo-doo, there must be a pony in here somewhere. I love that because it's so true. It does not matter what happens to us in life. What matters is the frame we put uh, around us. You cannot control what another person is doing in their head. Transactional analysis tells us that there's a stimulus and there's there's a response. The stimulus does not dictate the response. It might encourage it. But what happens we go to our three channels, we see something, we say something, we feel something... And then based on that, we respond. I mean, look at the political world. To some of you, whatever Trump does is going to be evil because you hate him. You just have hate in your heart. And for some people, uh, whatever Barack Obama does, people are going to love or, or hate either one. It doesn't matter because it's really not responding to reality. You're responding to your map of reality. That's why this whole racism thing is so simple you got to go back to the real definition of the word. People want to change the meaning of words all the time. And they've done this one on racism. Racism is when you use race as a deciding factor. If you like someone or don't like someone, you're a racist If because of their race. If you hire someone or don't hire someone because of their race, you're a racist. If you want to befriend somebody because of their race, then you're a racist. If you don't want to befriend somebody... Because of the race, you're a racist. If you hire someone or fire someone because of their race, you're a racist. Period. To use race as a deciding factor. And by the way, ladies and gentlemen, this is for another radio show, but let me say it. There's only one human race. 99.9% of all of our DNA is identical. The the, the color of someone's skin, the pigmentation, darker light, is a marker in your DNA. The shape of someone's eyes, either round to the slant, is a marker in your DNA. Your height, your weight, the hair color, markers in your DNA. 99.9% of all of our DNA is the same. But yet you have people out there, you get white supremacists out there, that look at everything through color. And if you're white, you're automatically okay. If you're black, you're automatically bad or any other skin color. But you got the nation of Islam, You got Black Lives Matter that believe the same thing. Duke just started a class about the frailties of white privilege and want to know why white people don't see racism. That's stunning. You see, they're coming from a limited belief system. They're coming from a frame of thought. And the one thing we have all control over is how we frame something because nobody responds to reality. But what we do respond to is our map of reality. You got to get this. You know, I remember the story of a celebrated German sculptor, J.H. von Daneker. Napoleon came to von Daneker and he said, I want you to make a statue of Venus for the Louvre in Paris. Great gallery there. Von Daneker said no. An enormous sum of money was then offered to him by Napoleon. He still refused. The emperor angrily demanded the reason why. And this is von Daneker's answer, sir. I have made a statue of Jesus Christ, and I can never lower my chisel to carve an inferior subject. I like that. He then proceeded to tell a story, and von Daniker did. He said, the first time I molded Christ, after two years of work, I uncovered the finished statue in the presence of my little girl, and I asked her, who is that? She clapped her hands in admiration and cried, it is certainly a great man. And I smashed the statue and went to work again. Praying as much as I toiled, when I invited the girl again later to enter my studio, she went to the figure as if it were alive and said, "Ah, Oh, I know him. He is the one who said, Suffer the little children to come unto me and forbid them not. It's a story I once heard from John MacArthur telling. It's so powerful. It doesn't matter what happens in life. What matters is the frame we put around it. We create our own reality. I didn't say there is no reality. I said, it's the way we frame it. If someone comes to you and you have respect for them, then what they say you're going to have value to. If someone comes to you and you have no respect for them, it doesn't matter what they say, good or bad, you will not value what they're saying. What's the difference? The difference is not in the words. The difference is not in the person. The difference is in the frame that you, that I put around them. That's it. Words are nothing more than a whole bunch of letters put together without the energy to back them up. And the meaning that anything has in life is the meaning that we give it.
3: Here's what business owner Ken Johnson had to say about the impact Like It Matters Leadership Awakening had on his employees. Since then, they have been on fire. They have been committed as a team, absolutely
0: changed. They are energized in a way that
4: Go to likeitmatters.net and click on Schedule to register for the next Leadership Awakening class in Minneapolis, May 24th through the 26th. That's likeitmatters.net.
7: Leadership Awakening. We don't take applicants, only commitment. For 30 years, the healthcare insurers have had it wrong. We don't need them to manage the delivery of our healthcare. We need to manage the finance of our healthcare. Sustainable healthcare. What is it? How do we attain it? What changes are needed? What does it mean for doctors, health care insurers, pharmaceutical companies, and most importantly, you, the patient? If you like your doctor, can you really keep your doctor, or can you change the system to keep them in practice? These and a host of other questions will be addressed by Dr. Stephen Trobiani, M.D., and his new program, Sustainable Healthcare, on Twin Cities Wellness Radio, Saturday at 2 p.m. Dr. Trobiani brings 30 years of medical practice, and many years of uncovering problems in the healthcare industry. And he'll offer solutions on restructuring healthcare financing through free enterprise. Tune in Saturdays at 2 p.m. on Twin Cities Wellness Radio AM 1570 and hear Dr. Trobiani's insight into providing prescriptions to what ails the healthcare industry.
5: Welcome back to Like It Matters Radio Radio, Like It Matters inspiration, education, and application. I am Mr. Black, and today we are talk about how do you call them. And the reason for this uh, radio program, if you haven't heard it yet, you can re-listen to it again. If you missed the first three segments, just go to likeitmattersradio.com, likeitmattersradio.com, and you could listen to this and other archive messages. And the concept is this, there was a umpire convention, there was three umpires sitting at a bar late at night and they were arguing about who was the best umpire. And the first umpire says, you know, I call them like I see them. And the second umpire says, well, I call them as they are. And the third umpire says, well, they ain't nothing till I call them. And ladies and gentlemen, that's what each of us does, whether we realize or not, we are our own personal umpire in life. It really doesn't matter what other people think. What matters is what do we tell ourselves over and over and over? What is the frame we put around something? It reminds me of a story called The Tale of Two Pebbles. This was from Edward DeBono. Many years ago in a small Indian village, a farmer had the misfortune of owing a large sum of money to a village moneylender. The moneylender, who was old and ugly, fancied the farmer's beautiful daughter. So he proposed a bargain. He said he would forgo the farmer's debt if he could marry his daughter. Both the farmer and his daughter were horrified by the proposal. So the cunning moneylender suggested that they let Providence decide the matter. He told them that he would put a black pebble and a white pebble into an empty money bag. Then the girl would have to pick one pebble from the bag. If she picked the black pebble, she would become his wife and her father's debt would be forgiven. If she picked the white pebble, she need not marry him and her father's debt would still be forgiven. If she refused to pick a pebble, her father would be thrown in jail. They were standing on a pebble path in the farmer's field. As they talked, the money lender bent over to pick up two pebbles. As he picked them up, the sharp-eyed girl noticed that he had picked up two black pebbles and put them into the bag. He then asked the girl to pick a pebble from the bag. Now, imagine this, ladies and gentlemen. You're standing in the field. What would you have done if you are the girl? You know he picked two black pebbles. You know you were going to lose no matter what you did. He set you up. So if you had to advise that little girl, what would you have told her to do? Take a moment. Think about it. What would you recommend the girl do? Here's what the girl did. The girl put her hand in the money bag and drew out a pebble. Without looking at it, she fumbled and let it fall under the pebble strown path where it immediately became lost among all the other pebbles. Oh, how clumsy of me, she said. But never mind. If you just look in the bag for the one that is left, you will be able to tell which pebble I picked. The money lender dared not admit his dishonesty. The girl changed what seemed an impossible situation into an extremely advantageous one. See, ladies and gentlemen, it's about being creative with our thoughts. We can look at a situation. I'm going to talk about being Pollyanna. But 87% of all diseases are psychosomatic. We poison ourselves with our thoughts. We cannot control what happened to us. But we can control the frame around it. We can control the narrative in our head. And that narrative makes things real. That's why I love the, the Optimist Creed written by Christian Larson. This was from 1912. It says, promise yourself to be so strong that nothing can disturb your peace of mind. Promise yourself to talk health, happiness, and prosperity to every person you meet. Promise yourself to make all your friends feel that there's something in them. Promise yourself to look at the sunny side of everything and make your optimism come true. Promise yourself to think only of the best, to work only for the best, and to expect only the best. Promise yourself to be just as enthusiastic about the success of others as you are about your own. Promise yourself to forget the mistakes of the past and press on to the greater achievements of the future. Promise yourself to wear a cheerful countenance at all times and give every living creature you meet with a smile. Promise yourself to give so much time to the improvement of yourself that you have no time to criticize others. Promise yourself to be too large for worry, too noble for anger, too strong for fear, and too happy to permit the presence of trouble. See, ladies and gentlemen, it's about the frame we put around it. It ain't nothing until we call them. You know, for those that know me know my childhood was very traumatic. My dad had a very troubled childhood, and uh, he passed it on. You know, unfortunately, the Bible is pretty clear. The sins of the father go three and four generations for those who hate the Lord. And it's just factual. Now, to this day, I can tell you right now, I'm thankful for my childhood. I uh, reconciled my dad. I loved my dad. Uh, We took care of him near the end of his life. I was able to deliver his eulogy. Uh, My dad was a strong man, Uh, and he taught me a lot. And a lot of stuff at the time that he taught them to me it was not something I was interested in. I didn't like the way he taught it to me. I didn't think it was fair. I didn't think it was right. But to this day, I'm so thankful. So thankful because that created a pain in me that created a chasm for joy to fill up. That pain in me drove me to want to heal myself and help other people. My childhood, I framed in such a way that I wanted to be a great father to my kids, that I wanted to give them what I didn't have. And so we can't control what happens to us. Hurting people hurt people. And we can't keep a pound of flesh either because 87% of diseases are psychosomatic. Our thoughts dry our bones. Our thoughts destroy us. Cancer, heart attacks, TMJ, migraine headaches, irritable bowel syndrome. A lot of those are caused by our bitter thoughts, our bitter uh, actions, holding on to things from the past. We need to understand the power of frame and reframing. Because the only meaning anything has in life is the meaning we give it. I always tell people that my opinion in a dollar will get you a cup of coffee at 7-Eleven. In other words, my opinion, the only value it has is the value that you give it. That's it. There is no other value. So the frame, the frame that we put around something gives it meaning. Frame is the way in which a thing is put together, an established order. It's how we shape things. It's how we form things. Frames give meanings to words. And phrases and experience. It changed our internal representation. The meaning of any experience in life depends upon the frame we put around it. Technically, nothing in the world has any meaning except the meaning we give it. How we feel about something and what we do in the world are dependent upon our perception of it. Think about this. If we perceive something as a liability, that's the message we deliver to our brain and we act as if. Then the brain produces states that make it the reality. If we change our point of view by looking at the situation as an opportunity, as a learning lesson, whatever it is, we can change the way we respond to situations life. That's why, you know, if I said, you know, Abraham Lincoln, Thomas Jefferson, um, Thomas Edison, I should say, um, uh, Sam Walton, C- Colonel Sanders, uh, uh, Mary Kay, all these people had very little success, but they didn't let that success stop when they reframed it. I've heard the saying that you got to get no seven or eight times in order to get a yes. The difference between a great salesman and an okay salesman is what happens when they get a no. How do they reframe it? How do, what, what do they tell themselves? And so we have the power to frame our experience. Matter of fact, I honestly believe that one of the keys to success in life is to consistently represent our experience in ways that support us in producing even greater results for ourselves and other people. And there are three different ways we can frame and reframe. We can do outcome reframing. That's well-formed goals. There are six elements of a well-formed outcome. I'm not going to go through those now. But if you're going to set a goal, you might want to properly form it. Why? Because it increases the possibility, the probability of accomplishing it. The second way we can frame or reframe things is life events. And the way we do this, we identify memories that cause unresourceful states and replace with new memories as a resourceful state. This can be done daily. I actually have a nine-step process called Thoughts and Emotions Journal, where we go through situations, experience that we had with people that didn't turn out the way we expected them, and then I have you go through it step by step to reframe it, to take a look at all the missing data, and to change the meaning you put on it. That's what I'm talking about, life events. And the third way is simple reframing, changing negative statements into action statements. I teach this a lot in our training. If you're going to do any lasting training, you must put a program in place. I call it an auditory override program, AOP. You've got to combat the lies in our head. A lot of people have belief systems that aren't true, that you're not worthy, that you're not good enough, that you can't do this unless you do this, that you can't give a speech unless you do this, that you can't function without eight hours of sleep. Those are all belief systems and the only power they have is the power that you give them. That's why in our training, if you go to net, you can read about it. I teach you the power of your words. You're, the things you say in your head are called programming. And what we believe is what we say over and over and over and over. And you got to get this, ladies and gentlemen. You're an umpire. You get to call the shots. Eventually, God calls the shots. But he lets you live your life. He gives us free will. And then you'll be accountable in glory for what you did. But you got to remember, you're the umpire. You can call them like you see them. You can call them as they are. Or you can realize they ain't nothing till you call them. You are under construction on the Like It Matters radio network. I am Mr. Black, helping you to be more hopeful about your future. And I'm reminding you and me that when we live our lives like they matter, they do
0: chop room in minneapolis is giving you a one thousand eight hundred dollar competition voucher for just nine hundred dollars what better way to get over the winter slump and get ready for summer dinner parties than getting your cook on competition style at chop room this unique experience allows you to bake your cake and eat it too it's the most fun you'll have with an apron on and you'll be surprised with the end results Mm. delicious Plus, you don't need to be Gordon Ramsay. All cooking levels are welcome. The best part is this is one of our half-off deals. For $900, you'll receive a $1,800 voucher to Chop Room in Minneapolis. It includes a private event for up to 20 people in a cooking challenge, complete with all ingredients, tools, and judging. Perfect for team bonding, a bachelorette party, a graduation gift, and family reunions. To take advantage of this deal, call us at 651-405-8800. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military.
1: Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells.
0: The explosive new documentary, Flynn. Flynn.